I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Keeling and Walsh podcast. We're back to preview Sunderland's home game against Cardiff City on Saturday and also look back at the 2-0 victory uh, at Huddersfield Town last night. I'm joined by Mr. Tom Walsh. Hi, Tom. Hi, Matthew. It's been uh, it's been a while again. I know. How's really? Because we were both unavailable last week, so I thought I'd... Yeah, uh, re rebrand the podcast in the intro this week, so that's going to go down well, isn't it? With um, yeah, probably Gareth. Well, I mean, you know, it's a modern, you know, times are changing. You know, hostile no. takeovers. Yeah. This is okay. In case you think you've clicked on the uh, the wrong podcast, this is the Wise Men Say preview show. Should uh, yeah. say that sponsored by. Um, Shall we make up some sponsors? We should start and make up sponsors. <laughs> Sponsored by the Arctic Monkeys' new album, The Car. Oh. <laughs> Available on all major streaming platforms. <laughs> yeah, actually, and, good. Uh, yeah, good, because think- we forgot to do that. We forgot to tell Jim to plug the album last week, and Alex was a bit oh. annoyed. Um, but uh, we're also joined by uh, Michael Loff. Hi, Michael. Hi, Matthew. Hi, Michael. Yeah. You said it again. You said it again. I'm, I'm all right, yeah. I'm... Uh, yeah, excited to talk about this uh, this game last night. I've been oh. looking forward to it all day. Um, it was good, wasn't it? Well, I mean, we won, so that was it, really. Thanks that for is, listening. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was uh, good. Like, it was, I, uh, yeah. I will, I will say straight away that I did not watch this game live because I was on a sleeper train between right. Brussels and Vienna. So, uh, okay. Michael, you can do the heavy lifting here. Yeah, yeah, I watched it as well, but no one I don't know anything about football. So <laughs> well, well I don't either, so this is gonna be fantastic. Um no really important three points though, um, because if we hadn't won last night, that would have took our run to one win in nine, which would obviously be hugely concerning. And I know we haven't been picking up the results recently, but I don't think we've really been playing like a team that's only won one in the last nine games. There's been quite a few draws in there, so that win last night was really important for a lot of reasons because Cardiff, again, on Saturday is another very winnable game. So that sets us up really nicely. It's four points from the last six and suddenly things are looking a lot better. Obviously, it wasn't the best performance we are put in by a long chalk, but we took our chances really well and we scored a, a lovely first goal. So two quite encouraging displays on the road, I think, in the last few days and you've got to be happy with the return. No, I agree. I think um watched watched the game last night. I watched it in a pub and um, quite a non-event really for most part. It was a poor game of football. Conditions weren't good. Um, 
quite difficult, really, uh, to play football in. Um, but it is an important win. I think if you lose that game, as you say, you're going in like it's a it's then a real bad run, and then you look look where if you look back at um, when we played Wigan, like both of us were sort of doing like we were about eighth, and I think Wigan were doing like eleventh or something. Uh, well, they might have even been above us at that point, and now they've been on a run. And they've probably only won one less game than us in that time. And they're 22nd in the league. They've won one in nine or one in eight. Mm. Um, and things are looking pretty grim for them at the minute. So I think the last two results, um, obviously coming back, getting a, a point on Saturday, having been behind and then winning last night is, is, is very welcome. And also, it's no coincidence that we've got four points from two games and Ellis Sims has played <laughs> about 70 minutes of... Uh, Football, yeah, it's it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> it's like, uh, even though we never we never mentioned it, really, we thought we did think it was all fine. I, I, no, no, actually, we we told you, we told you that we needed strikers. <laughs> we did. Lo, lo and behold, when they come back, we can uh, we can play football again. It's like you saw that. So the first goal we scored uh, last night. If we don't have a striker, Bailey Wright does not play that pass. From his own box, and he gets held up like uh, by Sims, and then laid off. And it's a really good flowing move than what we kind of saw a bit earlier in the season. And it's shown like the past two games, especially since of that after the ridiculous nature of the the Burnley match, where we just completely collapsed in, in the second half and showed our kind of naivety uh, in this division to go to. Luton, um, again, you know, they've got aspirations of playoffs and get a point down there, like coming from a goal down. And then following that up by, as you say, in tough conditions, not play very well. But Huddersfield are, well, they do look like the cannon fodder now of this division. So, and you can't, like, you, you don't want to go there and not get the three points because as we've touched on, then it's just because like, right, when are we going to win? Because mm. you don't want to go into the World Cup with off the back of like like one win in 12. Because like, that never bodes well for... Because everyone, everyone dwells on it. And then yeah, you're just stewing it on it. Yeah, yeah. you're just stewing on it because I think winning last night and then obviously we've got Cardiff at home and <clears throat> even Birmingham away, Birmingham They've got an identical record to us. Oh, really? Um, yeah, we've both won six, drawn six, lost six, and they've both got a goal difference of four. Um, so it's like a five, and it's an identical record. So you, you, like that game is obvious, obviously winnable as well. All of a sudden, you, you won last night, and you could, you're looking at the chance of, you know, you get ahead of yourselves, but there's a chance of like three wins in three. You're not, you're yeah. not playing anyone like ridiculously. High flying, so it's it's interesting, really. It's I think I think you were mentioned the conditions last night, Michael, but uh, the first goal was was fantastic, footballing wise. It was it was really good. Um, I completely agree with what Tom said in that if Sims isn't on the field, Wright can't play that kind of like vertical pass about like thirty yards up the pitch along the floor. Um, but what I think as well, Sims was really good for in the second half was. Because Huddersfield, for all the faults they did, I think have quite a good like press about them. And in the first half, I think they pinned us quite well in our 
area and we really struggled to get out. But suddenly with Sims on, we had an option to beat the press and we had an out ball. And I don't think Huddersfield quite knew how to cope with that in the second half. And I think that resulted in us being on the front foot quite a bit more. Um, but no, it was an absolutely great goal. Um, Patrick Roberts, like I said before, the Luton game, I think he's so important to yeah. how we want to play because we've got so many neat and tidy ball players. However, we don't have that many people who are confident when they get the ball to kind of like take people on and, and dribble like long distances with the ball. And Roberts, he sometimes does that a little bit too much, but he did really well for the goal. He cut inside, beat a man, and then he play, played the ball at the really perfect time that I'm at. And it's really good by him to just play it first time back to him and then Tino Pritchard for the for the goal. It was just really good back to front move. And to be fair, that's reflective of the football that we have played all season at our best, regardless of whether it was Alex Neal or Tony Mowbray. I think we've played good football consistently throughout the season. So that's why, again, I think last night was so important to actually get a bit of reward for that way of playing football because it's very difficult to look at positives because you're like, yeah, we play pretty football. We've got some promising young lads. However, we're now starting to look over our shoulders at the relegation zone, other teams are getting the results and suddenly, as I say, you can, it's very easy to go from, oh, isn't the championship great to suddenly, oh, no, isn't this really grim? We've just lost to Huddersfield mm-hmm. on like a windswept, horrible evening. So, yeah, really good goal um, and I'm really, really pleased for the players that even though we didn't play brilliantly, we've emerged with a good result and it, as you say, it teases up really well for the next few games. Please for, um, please for Pritchard as well. You see a lot of talk about him. Adding goals to his game, um, he's not prolific. He's not, you know, he isn't, and he be never has been. And I don't think that's why he's um, in the team. And I don't, he's he's very creative without actually creating anything stats-wise quite a lot of the time. And I think, but <laughs> yeah. um, please, for him to get a goal, obviously it meant quite a lot to him because um, yeah. he was roundly booed off the yeah, field as well. That, um, that was odd because. Like, he played for Huddersfield probably in one of, like, A, their most successful time, mm. and B, like, probably one of their most challenging. And, like, mm-hmm. he... Because, like, a, a, a mate of mine does support uh, Huddersfield. And he, I asked him, I was like, why do, they, why do they hate him so much? And he's like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know. He said, like, I was like, is it because he, like, played a lot... They cost a lot of money and got injured a lot. I mean, that not like that's an excuse. Yeah, <laughs> but he said, he said, he said, I don't know really. He said, like when he was playing at Huddersfield, he was getting shunted out to like left wing back, which Ooh, I we mean, could play him there. That would be. I quite mean, good. we do like doing that. Yeah, and we, but he's not done it yet. But I don't think it warrants a, a booing. <laughs> After, <laughs> a, yeah, a, like quite yeah. a you know like strong booing as well. Yeah. I think we need to establish a booing threshold. Like what? Like you, what do you need to do to get to that point? I think. Well, uh, it, well, it depends, really. You, know, you could do something you know, horrendous. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> quite a few players <laughs> have done that. Roundly booed, like and deservedly I, booed. I, I don't know about you two, but I just find like booing just such a silly thing to do. <laughs> I think it's like, hilarious. Like, like you're a grown, you're a grown man, and you're shouting boo at somebody. Yeah, like, we should boo. We should boo more. You sat, you sat in like a seat in some in a cold football stadium, <laughs> and then you're just watching this man play football and going boo. You should boo like more things in, just in everyday noise. life. Though. Like, you should. You know, like, if someone's taking ages in front of you, oh, just I mean, start booing them. Or when like you know 
you when you're walking down the street and there's someone you're like walking faster and there's someone just like kind of dawdling in, in front of you walking yeah. kind of slow but every time you try and shift yeah. one side they <laughs> shift that side yeah so like a nice like they formula one yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> stop boom i was walking down the street uh, well, boom. i told you to move man yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, booing, well yeah but booing aside um i think it, it was it was good for him to get a goal regardless of of it being against um his former team and then obviously Ahmad at the end rounding it off after their goalkeeper had attempted to do an Alex Bass and uh, yeah, yeah. equalise in the last minute. It's funny uh, how everyone's forgot that now. Yeah, well, yeah, because no one really cared. <laughs> no, no, one, a lot of people pretended to care a lot. but um, Yeah, people will do that. Um, people will do that. It was quite funny um, that he punched it in and, it, and then admitted it. Yeah, obviously very funny that it was against Newcastle, but then it was kind of made not funny pretty quickly by the way some people were going on about it. <laughs> I I did enjoy like him when he that video where he come into like the changing rooms like <laughs> and Bailey Wright gave it all. Oh, here he is, and he just looks like really sheepish. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't never really gonna, matter. <laughs> never going to play in the league, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, Alex, no. you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> On the bench last night, of course, um, as he would be, as our second choice, firmly our firmly. second choice goalkeeper. He's very good at um, he's very good at like cheering as well. I've noticed that's good. That yeah, like his it showed the video of like them reacting to Dial. Uh, oh, was that him? Yeah. Oh, right, right, he's the uh, one. Right. He's the one giving it big licks. Right, great. Him. I love so, him now, actually. So good for. We should good probably for start him and goal on Saturday. I think. No, really. no, 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 no. Just stay on the bench and do your cheering. <laughs> That's fine. Just do your cheering. Yeah. Um, right. Um, but yeah, so I've kind of lost track of what we were talking about really um, there. Another nice goal for Amos. Oh, yeah. He's been, yeah. These past few weeks, he's play, been playing uh, very well. He looks starting to look like a player that you can see why. Um Manchester United paid a lot of money, maybe not that much money, yeah, bit, but like, maybe a bit too. But much. you can start to see why he's, you know, why why they wanted to sign him because mm. um, he's pretty immensely talented and he's starting to bring goals to his game now. And I think, to be fair, just getting a run in the team is it'll help a player like him no end really. Um, when it, it was difficult, you saw it earlier in the season when he was in and out and he was asked to come on and change the game and it was hard for him and he did it once. He did it against. Um, Wigan, no. was it? Well, both games really. He did it in both. Well, he did games. it twice. Yeah, trying yeah. to join in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you talk about it then. Go on. Well, the we came on against Watford, and I think the kind of array of substitutions had the big impact, like individually that game. But it just worked as a collective. But Ahmad did some really good things within that. He put the cross in for Jack Clark's disallowed goal, and he. Looked really kind of enthusiastic when he got the ball and did a lot of good things. And then against Wigan, he, the performance was a lot less chaotic and it was a lot more mature. Like you, as we kind of pointed out at the time, he was dropping into the more central areas, picking the ball up, like winning tackles, winning loose balls, and getting us about 20, 30 yards up the pitch with some of his passing. And I think from the Wigan game, I don't think he's really looked back. I think he's played really well in every game since then. And I think now he's kind of moving from being categorised with the lads that we signed at the back end of August, to suddenly I think mm. he's kind of like the standout amongst them guys. And I think now he's very much looked upon as a key member of our team. 
like starting going forward. And well, he's been really important in the last few weeks. He's yeah, to be fair, when he has really stepped up when we've needed him to, and like he gotta give him a lot of credit. He's a young lad. Well, he is a young lad. Was he twenty, twenty one? Yeah, yeah. Um, but like he should, he should be like a like a little, uh, like slightly set apart from the the other players that we brought in yeah. at the end of the window because he has experience. He has played for Man United. He did mm-hmm. play like half a season for Rangers mm-hmm. in that again a very pressurized uh, atmosphere. Um, so yeah, these these are the kind of performances you kind of expected at mm-hmm. the room. Like I, I think there was a bit more. I think me personally, I expected this these kind of levels from him, whereas like the likes of Bennett, uh, Mishu, and Bar were a bit more like they're unknowns. So like, so yeah, maybe I wasn't thinking that they'd be ready like just as like just as quickly as Ahmad. But like, yeah, I kind of expected these performances from him, and it's you know it's good to see. It's, it's really good to see because it gives it has kept us slightly ticking along while Sims yeah. and Stewart is still injured. I think in terms of quality, I totally agree, Tom, in terms of what I expected from those performances. But what I have been pleasantly surprised about really is his, both his work rate and his attitude. I think it's been absolutely spot on because sometimes you get players who have been to big clubs like Man United and, it's, and the feel as if it's a little bit beneath them coming down to the championship and playing for a side that's going to be kind of probably mid-table. But he seems to have really relished the challenge and he seems to really enjoy playing for a club like us. And that's really, really encouraging to say because, as we've said in the past, we've signed talented players, but their attitude hasn't necessarily been the best. So, fair player. I think he's been excellent. I think I'd also like to give Bar a shout-out as well because I think he was very good when he came on. Um, I think he's very combative, um, loves to tackle. And I think, actually, he's been a little bit of a replacement for Corey Evans when he's been mm. took off after 60 minutes and mm. Evans I thought was very poor last night given these kind of usual performances for us um, and Bar came on he kind of gave us a Corey Evans style performance but with a lot of added energy and as I say won a lot of tackles and we were actually turning the ball over quite high up the pitch we didn't capitalise on it that often but Bar was winning the ball I think for us quite high up so again I just think it's worth them shouting out for him and hopefully after the World Cup we can maybe see him start a few more games Mm-hmm. I am, um, yeah. I've been impressed with him. Um, I think he's been. I think he's been good. I, I, I think Bailey Wright deserves a bit of a uh, bit of credit as well. Um, came in. He, he hasn't featured a lot, and uh, came in for the last two games. He clean sheet last night, and we looked pretty solid, really. Um, yeah, you know, he's a nice man. So yeah, uh, really. So it's good for him. Yeah, um, Huddersfield though. It's it's nice to see uh, Jordan Rhodes is still going. Yeah, he must be about fifty now. Yeah, he's one of these players. Does he's done the loop? Like, yeah, great at Huddersfield in like two thousand three. Yeah, I've got back. I'm back again. I always remember Huddersfield um, under Lee Clark. Uh, They broke like the record for going unbeaten. (laughs) 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 Through like twenty five of the forty two games and finished like fourth. Yeah, they just lost the playoff semi final, didn't they? Is yeah. it? Yeah. Did they lose to um, Sheffield United? Was that that one? I can't uh, remember. But... I can't remember. I don't know. Anyway, I'm not really well versed in 
the Why? history of Huddersfield Why Town. not? Why because aren't you? there's not enough hours in the day. I've <laughs> <laughs> obviously rushed off my field work at the minute as well, so I really <laughs> haven't had much time to uh, research the history of Huddersfield Town. Um, yeah. We've got, um, oh, well, do you want to, we've got to, so obviously we play Cardiff on uh, Saturday. Um, I'm bored of talking about Huddersfield now, it's probably enough really. Yeah. Um, mean, good win, played shite, whatever. Three points, lovely. Yeah, that'll do. Nice. We move on. Um, I'll let you do this bit. Oh um, right, yeah, yeah, uh, yes. We d- we are playing Cardiff on Saturday, and we do have a someone to talk about Cardiff because we're not experts on Cardiff City. But my good friend uh, Tom Coleman, a football writer at the at Wales Online, is now going to talk to you about Cardiff City. Good morning from a um, very grey, very rainy Cardiff. Um, it's, I don't think we've seen the sun here for the best part of a month, um, but I can think of nothing better uh, than to sit down and talk about Sunland versus Cardiff. Um, um, my name's Tom Coleman, I'm senior sports writer at Wales Online. Um, so let's get into it. Um, Cardiff City season so far. Um, well, it's been quite eventful off the pitch more than anything really um, a huge upheaval in the summer saw most of Cardiff's first team uh, depart at the end of their contracts um, and I think they brought in something like 16 maybe 17 players um, through a mixture of free transfers loans cut price deals this that and the other you know they were quite creative in the transfer market and I think Cardiff um, deserve a lot of credit for that um, it was a reasonably good window I think many people felt that Steve Morrison had a vision as to what he wanted Cardiff City to look like and this was very much seen as kind of the f- an important step forward um, it hasn't really worked out like that uh, Steve Morrison obviously was sacked after the defeat to Huddersfield Town um, shortly after the transfer window closed it was, a, it was a decision that shocked quite a lot of Cardiff fans I'm yet to meet a Cardiff fan really that really um, agreed with it. I think some people perhaps accepted that some of the results weren't good enough. Um, but on the whole, most Cardiff fans are, are, are pretty baffled by the decision. But anyway, Steve's gone. Um, Mark Hudson has come in, former Cardiff City captain, of course. He's taken interim charge. Um, and to be brutally honest, I don't think Cardiff have really improved. I mean, they haven't got any worse which I, I guess is good. Um, obviously, the another South Wales derby defeat will have stung quite a bit. Um, I think it's four defeats now, three wins and one draw. So it's okay, I guess. Um, but I think the main problem at the moment is that Mark Hudson is very much the interim boss. And uh, there hasn't really been, at, at the time of recording, I should probably add, there hasn't really been any kind of real indication as to what's going to happen, whether Mark's going to get the job, whether someone else is going to get the job, or whatever, you know, there hasn't really been any kind of indication as to what's happening um, happening with the managerial position at the moment. And I think as a result of that, many fans are getting a little bit frustrated, uh, frustrated with the hierarchy, um, frustrated with the lack of communication, um, frustrated at the fact that they can't really see what sort of direction Cardiff City are going to be moving in. They can't really see what, what the plan is, uh, to put it bluntly. 
Um, so it's all a bit doom and gloom, really. My expectations and hopes uh, for this season, uh, to be quite honest with you, and I don't want to be alarmist when I say this, but I would say the main priority now has to be to elevate themselves away from that drop zone because they can't afford to get dragged into a relegation dogfight this season. The idea of them dropping down to League One is just quite frankly unthinkable. They're already very strapped for cash and you do wonder what on earth would happen next if they were to sink to League One. So I think getting a few more points on the board just before the World Cup break would do them a world of good. My opinion on Sunderland... I've not watched a lot of Sunderland, I've got to be honest. Um, but from the outside looking in, they, they seem to be seem to be doing quite well under Tony Mowbray. Um, I think it's six wins, six draws, six defeats, uh, which is the ultimate mid-table record, which I think when you just come up, it, it's pretty decent going, to be fair. I think there's a lot of respect down here for, for, for Sunderland fans and indeed uh, some, of your, some of your friends from, from Tyneside and Teesside too. Um, because I think many people recognise that the North East, fans in the North East, I should say, uh, are hugely passionate about their football clubs. And um, I think people in Wales are, are quite respectful of that and perhaps even even a little bit envious of it. Coming back to how I think Sunderland will do, I think mid-table will probably be considered a good season. I mean, it has to be considered a good season. They have, I mean, some might demand more of that, but given the size... Uh, of a club like Sunderland, I, I guess that's that's normal. But when you've just come up from League One, I think a nice bit, of, a nice stable foundation on which to to maybe build uh, a top six charge either next season or the season after would be considered uh, a- a- acceptable. Really, I get the feeling that those seasons in League One were pretty traumatic for Sunderland. So something nice, boring, and regular, I think, would be probably quite well appreciated. On the outside looking in, that that's that, that's how I would feel. Cardiff's players to watch. Well, Callum O'Dowd has been a very, very good signing from Bristol City. He's um, he, he's very often at the heart of um, of what's good about Cardiff in the final third. A very tricky winger with a bit of pace. I think where he's playing, I'd say Callum Robinson, but uh, he's obviously suspended, the, serving the last of his three-match ban after that bizarre red card against Swansea in the South Wales derby. Um, so he won't be playing, but he's still someone I think the Cardiff look will look to for much of the season. Um, Cedric Kepra at the back is a, has proved a very, very good signing on loan from West Brom. Dominant in the air, strong in the tackle, reads the game very well. Kind of don't really understand why Steve Bruce felt it appropriate to let him go, if I'm honest. Yeah, that's a bit of a mystery to me and indeed to, to many others. And I'm sure a few Baggies fans are quite mystified by it as well. But uh, no, those are the players who I think will probably stand out. Um, although if he's fit, Ruben Colwell um, is definitely a player to watch out for. He's uh, 20 years old, Wales international, is already hoping to go to guitar, although he's not had a lot of game time. Um, he's been sidelined for much of the season, um, but he's he's a very raw, mercurial talent, very up and down. He hasn't had, quite had uh, the consistency needed, but he slots in very, very nicely, either into the number 10 role, or, uh, or across the front three, really. He's definitely a player who's, who's capable of producing a moment of magic. Cardiff fans have got, well, Cardiff and Wales fans have got very, very high hopes for him and the future. I've heard one, uh, one on Lucas say that he is the most exciting talent to emerge out of Cardiff City since Aaron Ramsey. I'm not sure I agree with that personally, but that's that level of praise 
does show you how highly regarded he is down here. Um, whether he plays against Sunderland, I don't know. He, he we, at the time of recording, we've not had much in the way of an update on his fitness, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see on that. Um, my prediction for the match, um, I'm going to go 1 1 because I Sunderland seem to just absolutely love a draw and Cardiff don't travel particularly well but I don't think I don't think I want to be too pessimistic so I'm going to go for a draw it would be a very well earned point for Cardiff on the road and I don't think Sunderland would be too too disappointed uh, with that I don't know perhaps I'm wrong on that perhaps Sunderland are looking at this and thinking that they should beat teams like Cardiff I don't know you know I think a draw would would definitely suit Cardiff anyway the song associated with Cardiff the most. There's quite a lot of contenders here. This is Wales. This is the land of song. It, it, when, you're not short of options down here. But I'm going to be really trendy and go for the super furry animals. And the man don't give a fuck. And the reason is because um, it features an iconic... Uh, the single features an iconic cover, uh, an iconic sleeve. It's um, a picture of uh, cult hero Robin Friday, who was uh, who played for Cardiff during the 70s. And it's a picture of him flicking up the Vs at Luton Town's goalkeeper. And I can't remember his name, to my great shame. But um, anyway, do check it out. It's a very, very iconic image. Robin Friday himself was a very colourful character. There was a story that went round for quite a number of years that he'd taken a shit in Mark Lawrenson's kit bag. Mark Lawrenson has always denied it. I, 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 I kind of like to pretend it's true, so I'll let, I'll let the pod decide on, on whether they want to continue on, on that sort of assumption. But, yeah, I mean, he was doing other things like, you know, pieing on LSD and things like that. You know, he, he retired at 25, I believe, and uh, sadly passed away aged 38. Um, so was very much kind of the rock and roll figure of 70s football. Uh, so yeah, do do check out his story. It's a very colourful one, and it's a very uh, very entertaining one, but ultimately a very sad one. Thanks very much for having me on the pod. Very much looking forward to uh, to Saturday and seeing uh, seeing how Cardiff get on. And uh, who knows? Perhaps we'll uh, perhaps we'll speak again soon. Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
Welcome back to the Wise Men Say slash Keeling and Walsh podcast. Um, thanks for that. That was good, and it means we don't have to talk about Cardiff City. Yeah. Um, very slick intro from us as well there, Tom. Oh, and, yes. uh, forgetting, yeah, and forgetting to say that we would have a break uh, in there as well. So yeah. it's what you, what you should expect from us, well, really. Well, you know, we like to mix it up a bit. We like to keep everyone guessing. Keep yeah. On the toes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I really hope, uh, like Tom mentioned at the end of that there, um, that player, Robin Friday, who, uh, like legend has it, did a poo in uh, Mark Lawrence's kit bag. <clears throat> and I really, really wish that is true because he would then be my favourite footballer of all time. So, yeah, so that'd be good. And also, I- I'd love to have seen Mark Lawrence's face. Oh, yeah, like, if I could give like anything to have been there that moment in whenever it was, uh, and then just Mark Lawrence opening his kit bag to find just a big poo. So I think um, I would love to have uh, seen Mark Lawrence and not realise in it for it to have been sort of put one of his daft shirts on and uh, just, oh, just yeah. poo on like the collar. this is like. Uh, there's a good it's story a about uh, my uh, a pub near my hometown that that kept happening to people. But uh, well, people that's... kept getting poo on Mark Lawrence's collar. No, no, just people <laughs> kept. Uh, there was a guy on the loose that kept like smearing like bits of poo on oh, like disgusting. people's jackets. Uh, it's <laughs> that's in... horrible. <laughs> it's, uh, it was a big scandal in the the village of Ramsbottom. So if anyone <laughs> wants to. Anyone wants to look that up? Then that's a good moment. Is this, um, is this a a bigger scandal than um, when the Weatherspoons closed in the nearby town of Bury? Was that um, a bigger scandal than this? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, slightly. I mean, because that Weatherspoons just reopened a week later, looking exactly the same. <laughs> I love it when they do that. We've refurbished the. You haven't you yeah. just put new menus out. You've, put, yeah, you've just changed the bad. They just repatched it, you fool. <laughs> you've, cleaned, you've cleaned the tables. Um, uh, right, um, Cardiff. Oh, no, yeah. we've done that. Um, right, the team. Uh, who, who's we we can do that bit, yeah. We can do that bit. And then we'll just, at the end, we'll just leave it at Tony Wilbray. <laughs> Should we just say that anyway? <laughs> just leave skip it at Tony Wilbray. What's the point? Why do we even bother? Just skip this bit and then, anyway. and then ask... <laughs> And then answer questions about what Tony Mowbray's favourite yoghurt is or something <laughs> like that. Rhubarb, definitely. <laughs> anyway, let's not. Uh, right, who's going to play? Is Sims going to play, do we reckon? I don't think so. I don't think he will. So that's that. Nick, what do you think? I was surprised to see him play 45 minutes last night. I'll be honest, I thought he'd come on yeah, around the hour mark. But I think that was more about necessity because... I know a lot of people kind of hammered Diakou, I think, sometimes a little bit over the top. I mean, I don't think he's great, but I do think he's kind of targeted sometimes. But last night, he just was absolutely hopeless. Like, he just wasn't involved <laughs> in the game. Yeah, he he was. just wasn't... I mean, I'm being very charitable there. So I think that change was really kind of facilitated by that performance. I don't think necessarily it was planned for him to come on um, at half-time. So I think I'd expect to see quite a, a similar kind of setup because... I think it's a tough one because Mowbray has said he's not going to play before, like 90 minutes before the World Cup. And it's a bit tricky because although 
people will understand the reasons why. Let's say that Mowbray's got it hardwired, no matter what, for fitness reasons, we have to pull him after an hour. So imagine he you forgot that he said that. <laughs> so imagine you, you imagine you won the up, for example, against Cardiff, and then you bring your striker off, and then you end up like not winning the game immediately. That's yeah. kind of like quite, you know, that's quite an easy thing to throw at Mowbray. So for me, I think he'll be off the bench again, and I think I how agree. much he plays and how much he plays will be determined by how the other lads are doing. I I, I agree. I think. Um... I think that's a, a good point. I think I don't I don't expect him to start, and I think you're right. If you start him for 45 minutes, and, and as you say, if we one nil up, great. He takes him off. Oh, we draw. Right. Well, yeah. you've 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 made a rod for your own back there, really. So I, I agree, mate. I d- I don't think he'll start. I think. Um, you think he's going to go Diaku again? No, I mean, I tried to stick up for Jacku a bit last night. And I was like, I tweeted out, I was like, what have I done that for? He's garbage. I was just like, it does, but like, it does get into positions where you think, God, if you were good, yeah, like, you could have 25 goals. Because he's like, he pulls up, like, in the first half when he, like, skewed it across the face. It's like, he's took up a position at the back post, like a striker would. Yeah. But he's just crap. Yeah, I mean,. I don't want to like rag on him either, but like, yeah, for all everyone's been telling us that he is a striker, these the kind of his finishing shows that he's not. So, yeah. but and, yeah, like the thing is, he does get in the right positions and he like he puts himself about. And against Luton, he was unlucky, like, you know, not to yeah. get a goal and you know, with a bit more. I don't know, a bit better finishing. Like he would have, he would have like, a couple of goals already this season. Well, in Watford, like yeah, he oh, dragged yeah. it wide. It, yeah. It's it's almost more annoying that they, like because if he was just total garbage, if he was just like constantly getting himself marked and he wasn't even in the positions to miss, you'd just be like, oh well, fair enough, he's a waste yeah. of time. But because he's in them position, you kind of think, every time he's in there, you think, all oh, right, go on then, and then it's like, yeah. oh no, he's not going to because he's not good enough, right? And it's yeah. just, I've got. I've got absolutely no basis whatsoever for this comment, but I've got the vibe that Diaco is. Um, I reckon that Diaco is like unbelievable in training. He just strikes me as that type of player. I hope so, like yeah. I, no, but I reckon in training he's one of these. He'll be putting right, in like yeah. top corner, yeah. bottom corner, like finishing them all day. But then yeah. he gets on the pitch, and yeah. <laughs> because what I keep looking at, I just think to myself, right? I, I know this was massively overplayed when he first signed, but he did play a handful of games for Bayern Munich. So therefore, when he's come through the years groups, he yeah. must have shown something. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, for yeah. a club like Bayern to take a chance on him and then to actually play him in matches. And it's one of these, I keep on looking to see what that reason is. And maybe it is what you pointed out, Matthew, that he makes some intelligent runs, he gets into good areas, but then you see why he didn't make it because he can't finish. <laughs> it's... Do you think, do you, I don't know, do you think he'll play him on Saturday again? Well, Jack Clark's back. Oh, so, well, no, then. Uh, yeah. So maybe not. Yeah, because um, Robertson Clark, um, no mad then. Because the two say. games that he's been starting, we've been missing either. Yeah, Roberts Rob- was Roberts it, yeah, or Clark. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so uh, um, yeah, that's a good I, point then. What I'd imagine is that Diallo, uh, sorry, Ahmad is the um, is the main like a strike main striker. Yeah. And we have that Clark and uh, Roberts like in support. Um, that's what I think. I think they'll go with because, yeah, I mean, he's shown flashes. Yeah, Yaku, but he's not but, good enough though. 
No, he's not good enough for this league. And we also thought, well, Alex Neal thought at the end of last season he wasn't good enough for League One either. So I, I imagine. Yeah. I imagine I mean, we had a sign him. So. Yeah, I imagine we make some moves in January and I think he'll most likely be. Um, you know, sent um, sent abroad, Germany. Oh, like he would actually be quite good in the Austrian league. So there's that. There's you always should, that. You should tell them. You should tell. Um, well, Rapid that they should sign him. Well, uh, Jurgen Macho is goalkeeping coach at Rapid, so I could I mean, tell him because we're friends. Yeah, yeah good. That should get him on the pod. Right, you know, right. I wish well, I should get him on the pod. Actually, should, yeah. <laughs> do you think um, we might see Bar start? I wouldn't be against it. Like, I think uh, if Evans was a bit off the boil, as you said, Mickey, last night, then, you know, it's another... Have we got two? Well, yeah, we've got a... Oh, it's Friday, the Birmingham next Friday. Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, actually, because he's been pushing for this, for this start. It'd be a good one to start him in, I think, because Cardiff are not great. And they're in um, terrible form. Yeah. They've lost four out of five, like, recently. Yeah. Artie Monkey's there. Um, <laughs> There's another plug for him. <laughs> no, yeah, Mick, do you think um might play him more? Um, from a personal point of view, I don't think there's any reason why we wouldn't play him. However, I don't think Mowbray will. I think we'll see Evan start again Good because answer. I think he, he he likes the kind of that glut of substitutions, doesn't he, on sixty minutes? And I think Bard's very much part of that. And I think. I know it, it's almost a bit of a cliche at this point, but after the World Cup, I think we'll see him starting more. But I think Mowbray will be trying to get as much consistency within the side as possible between like now and the break, and then he can really reassess things during the World Cup break. And then I think we might see a few changes in a bit of a different Sunderland after the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's probably Borough. I actually think I'm going to disagree with you, Michael. I think that it starts. I think I'll disagree with you for no reason other than <laughs> that I want to. And I think that uh, Bar will start um, in central midfield. Mm. Alongside who? Dan Neal. Along, alongside, uh, yes, Dan Neal. Uh, there you go, then. Oh, yeah, that also because now Mishu is now out till after the World Cup. So that's been... Well, he's must, yeah, well, less said about him about it, really. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> um, well, we asked for some questions. I wasn't a dig at him. He's just seen been a bit of a waste of time, hasn't he, really? Um, yeah. Especially for a Lord signing. Yeah, with his... Chimp lads just wind me up. Um, Have a mate, you've not mentioned that. No, well, they do. It's stupid. It, it's <laughs> like if Ellis Sims had had Everton chimpads and everyone would have gone berserk. Do you reckon like, Ahmad's got like Man United chimpads? I hope so. Like Man United, like pajamas. Jim Matete is still walking around with like Fleetwood Town pants. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are you doing? There with his oh, he was all right last night. Did he come, did he come on again? Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he does all right when, he, when he's been coming on. Um, we asked for some questions, um, right. and we don't even get. I don't even ask for ones that aren't about football anymore. They're just uh, oh, just none of them are about football. It's as if um, our audience knows yeah. too well. <laughs> our dwindling audience knows uh, <laughs> very well. Um, my mate uh, Fergie has asked, uh, how out of all of the non-ball. Wise men say contributors. That is most of them, to be fair. There's a lot of bald people. It would be this. the best bald. Well, that'd be a terrible bald. <laughs> I've got a weird shaped head. So, yeah, I yeah. am. Uh, Mickey, I think you'd be a decent bald. 
Yeah. What, what you do you mean? Do you think? Because you, you could keep your no, but you could keep your beard. Yeah. So like right. you would. Yes. I think Gareth could... would be hilarious. <laughs> 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 if you can, this is the thing. If you can grow a big beard, being bald is fine. Yeah, I can't. I would just. Look I Ill. can't. People would ask me if I was all right. Yeah, I would look ill. Yeah. I would look like I'd been, you know, hours to live, I think. If I, uh, <laughs> in a rapidly deteriorating condition. <laughs> yeah, my condition is, yes, really taking a turn for the worse. Uh, I'm going to say you, Mick, actually, to be honest. Yeah, I'll go with that. Who do you think, Mick? Are you agreeing with yourself or do you want to say someone else? I, I, I don't really want to agree with myself because I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fine, but, don't but that, but, but now, I'm, now, I'm now trying to picture everyone bald and again it's an awful question from Fergie because Stephen's the only bald one isn't he yeah but that surely makes it quite a good question because there's quite a lot of choice I know, I know we like, might disagree with, with yes I know, yeah. I know. Um, I th- I think, yeah fine fuck it I'll go with myself <laughs> I think Jim would look like that guy off the meme who's in that like <laughs> nightclub off his head like <laughs> yes. you know, the bulging eyes that would be great, actually. Jim should <laughs> Jim's turn at mine on Saturday. I'm going to shave his head, <laughs> shave his head. <laughs> and then burn all his stuff. Um, Mick, I'm not going to do that. Um, but, uh, Connor's asked uh, Tony Mowbray gets sent to a desert island and is only allowed to take three things. What three things is he taking? Oh, um... yeah. So I think he would take a deck chair. Yep. And then he'd take like some. Worthers, which would run out immediately, it would mm. be pointless. And I think he'd take, and it's something like shit, like the way I don't know, like a travel pillow or something. And I then would, he'd just be sat there, reasonably comfortable, but he would have nothing to do. I I would add, well, take away the worthers, and I'd swap the worthers for a book of crosswords. Oh yeah, but what about a pen? All right. Um... Because that would be really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Took a fucking no pen. Oh, yeah. shit. Ah, yeah. Uh, right. Well, no, forget the deck chair then, because then he's got, like, you can sit on a rock on a desert island. You've got a lot of sand. It's yeah. like, that's fine. I just think you would like a deck chair. He seems like a deck chair kind of guy. Yeah. Again, I'd swap the worthers for, like, mint humbugs or some kind of hard-boiled uh, I, think yeah. really, I think he's really into them. But he would like take like so many, but it would take him quite a while to exhaust this kind of supply. Um, <laughs> Just like as in like suitcases full. Yeah, um, I think because he's, because he's like <laughs> so obviously, as we all point out, he's very nostalgic. I think he would take like something completely useless, but like would remind him of home, so his mind could just wander for hours and reminisce. So he yeah, like, like a, a framed picture of the steelworks in Middlesbrough. Yeah, or a daisy lamp. Yeah, daisy lamp. I was just about to say that a daisy lamp. <laughs> Why have you got a little transporter bridge with you? What use is that? <laughs> All you good men but, lost their jobs. Like, <laughs> but that's not going to help you now. <laughs> Shut up. Um, well, relatably to the Tony Mowbray thing, uh, Big Z has asked, what does his £11 a day go on? Um, which is obviously my theory that uh, as an adult you have to spend eleven minimum £11 a day on mundane things that you don't want to buy but you must buy in order to stay alive. Um, I, he will just buy like lots of stuff for the house. Like, not like, I don't mean like diffusers and that. He'll buy like like screws and nails but like loads of them in loads of different sizes. Yeah. 
biscuits. Yeah. He definitely uses the phrase, you'd never know when it might come in handy. That is very That's true. Very yeah. He always, always like, he, but he wouldn't, so he'd spend lots of his £11 a day fixing appliances that he has rather than buying new ones. Yes. Very much that. I'm not right. throwing it away. Is the £11 theory that you buy it on stuff you don't enjoy, that you just yeah. have yes. to buy them? Yeah. Right, okay. Largely, yeah. I think I like... it would be like stuff like, like windscreen washer fluid yeah. in yeah. his car. New blades. For New blades, like, yeah. I can definitely shit. imagine I can definitely imagine Mulberry making like a joke in a press conference that gets like quite a disproportionate amount of laughter about his wife's always telling him off for spending too much of his eleven pound budget a day on things mm. like you said, Tom like he she goes mad if you go in the garage we've got just like twelve litres of um, like windscreen washer fluid. <laughs> like, buying oil. Like, like, <laughs> buying Castrol GTX. Hey, it was like, on well, offer. Yeah, you'll yeah. yeah. buy as well for no reason. But you'll have like in like kind of industrial sized bags of like tea bags. Like you won't just buy like a hundred <laughs> tea bags. It'll be like what you say, like canteens and <laughs> yeah, like massive, like <laughs> you, just, um, we um levels. Moving on from Tony Mowbray, uh, Graham Graham Fox asked uh, if I could make one film star in the harbour, who would it be and why? Uh, it would be uh, Danny Dyer. Um. Hmm. I because, can't disagree with that. Move on. Because <laughs> uh, they were the best back, the best uh, actor of all time. Uh, Daryl, I, Gr- I, I would also say Pierce Brosnan, but continue. Uh, well, that's fine. Uh, Tom, this is for you. Daryl oh. Gray's asked, would you recommend the Stella Brewery tour? I could not recommend anything else in the world highly enough as the Stella Artois Brewery. That so, was, yes? That was the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Oh, it was oh. great because... I've been in Belgium for the past 12 days because my girlfriend's living there at the moment. And we did a lot of touristy stuff. But on Sunday, it was like my day to do things. Oh. So we went to the Stella Brewery. Like so, make a wish. Oh, mate. It was, <laughs> yeah. This is what I would do if I was going to die the next day. <laughs> yeah. Well, we went, we went to the Stella Brewery. Oh, bless him. And then we went to a match on the evening. And it was, it was class. <laughs> Getting like a hug off like a big like mascot kind of Stella. Oh, it's Stella. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was class because they just give you like at the end they just give you half an hour to just like let loose on the bar. That's like, great. This is so good. Yeah. That is great. So yeah, um, go to Belgium, go to Leuven and uh go to the Stella Brewery. You won't be disappointed. Agree. Uh right, a couple more before we uh leave. Um Ian is <laughs> Ian Tovers has asked, how many people do you think you could consecutively beat in a fight until it would be considered showing off or <laughs> difficult to watch? <laughs> <laughs> I think four. But four. I wouldn't be able to beat anyone in a fight ever. So I think I think I'm gonna be found out Bradford away. No, if you could, no, if no, no, but I I I couldn't beat anyone, but I think if if you take in the question of like how how many people could someone beat in a fight before it became uh, showing right. off? No. Then I would say about four, because then it just becomes a bit, oh, it's a bit weird. <laughs> like, this is, when does this? When's this like a? When's this a massacre? And, and... Yeah, so I love he's... the concept of consecutively as well. So like of a queuing up. Yeah, like... <laughs> yeah. It's like, one after... it's like you know, uh, yeah. Would it just be in the pub and you just like take on just challenges, just battering people? In the pub. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, um, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, 
mixed your answers. And finally, uh, Gary Jerry has asked, when at a buffet, what's the number one priority food to get? Are we talking hot or cold, do you reckon? I'm thinking I'm doing like, you know, your standard buffets. Uh, there's always a hot dish, but pr- mainly beige cold stuff, I think. Mm. Pie is my answer. Hot pie, yeah. yeah. That's good. I do like the kind of slight, the big, you know, like thick slices of ham. Oh yeah, with the pro- mm. it's like off a, it's kind of like off a gammon joint, but it's been left to cool. Yeah, that, like that, that. kind of that stuff. Bit of like mustard as well. That's very nice. Mick, I remember um, your thirtieth the sausage and black pudding rolls going down an absolute Whoa. storm, and I thoroughly recommended them. Yeah. They were excellent. So if, yeah. if that was available, they I would them. Actually. Yeah, they were excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, they were good. To be fair. Um, Right, before people switch up. People have already switched off, haven't they? Oh, uh, yeah, this, this is the bit they actually tune in for. Oh, well, actually, yeah. Let's see it. yeah. Well, yeah. So we go on all night then, shall we? Um, <laughs> that's I think that's probably it. Come, Tom, do the predictions. All right, yeah, predictions. Uh, again, you're wrong against <laughs> Huddersfield. You're I, wrong. I was right, although I, got, I had 2-1 instead of 2-0. So the leaderboard now stands at me on uh, probably an insurmountable 13 <laughs> and you on a well five <laughs> still behind the guests who haven't predicted a game in ages uh, <laughs> right, do oh, anything no. right. right go on then matt what are we have in then for cardiff at home uh, i think it would be cardiff five nil five nil yeah. yeah all right okay what you don't tell me what i think <laughs> all right <laughs> <laughs> jokes be... on you when we do. Yeah, I know, isn't it? And you'll you'll only be five points behind me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> jokes on you, I'm gonna say five nil as well. Yeah, you could just do this for the rest of the season, it'd be quite funny. Uh Mick, what do you think? No, I'm gonna go with a more boring and conservative two one to Sunderland. That is boring. It's pathetic. <laughs> oh, no. Don't take it. Don't listen to it. He knows now. <laughs> so many stupid predictions like that. For uh, I think seriously, we haven't had a good bet all season. So yeah, I'm going to go with that. That we'll right. three one. Oh, because that's absolutely wild. That three one. Yeah, well. It, it... More it's interesting our, than two. It, one. It's our podcast. We can do what we want. Yeah, mate. Coming on the Keelan and Walsh podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I will. I will consecutively fight you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that will be showing off, mate. Yeah. Um, right. Um, I don't know. I, I'm going to the Waves Festival on Saturday after the match, so I don't know if there'll be a reaction pod from me, but someone else can do it. Um, uh, Gareth and Stephen will be back on Monday. We'll be back next week. Um, Wednesday. Wednesday, yes, to preview Wednesday. the Birmingham game, which I'm inexplicably going to. And um, <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, really. Uh, we've been Keeling and Walsh, and thanks for listening. <laughs>